get used to different. And so the first point I want to give us today is that the church is supposed to be about different. Jesus gave a mission, us a mission in Matthew 28. He said, all authority has been given and to uh, me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and make disciples of what? All nations. How many knows that we are a church that has a vision bigger than our immediate community? Our, our vision goes beyond just one class of people or one group of people. And so Jesus said, guys, you've got to expand your vision. This is about all nations. And Jesus came to establish a kingdom of different nations, tribes, and languages. And that's what heaven looks like. And I pray that's what our church looks like. Come on, is anybody awake out there? We've got to be a church that reflects Jesus and we reflect Jesus in our diversity. How many is thankful that not everybody's testimony in here today looks like yours? We've got a diversity of testimonies. Some of us have been in church all of our lives. Some of us, we were saved off of a, a bar stool. Some of us uh, came in off the street. Some of us, we thought we had God, but we didn't. And, and here's the beautiful thing about it. God saved all of us. Come on, how many is thankful that it's not a one-size-fits-all experience? We have the same Jesus. We serve the same God. We're diverse in our stories. We're diverse in our gifts. I love to see the diversity of gifts in this place on any given Sunday. God has blessed us with so many different gifts that are represented in this room. Why? Because we serve a God of different. We serve a God of diversity. We serve a God that one Christian doesn't necessarily have the same gifts as another Christian. And, and we all have our different ministries. We all have our different things that we do for the kingdom. But at the end of the day, it's the same Jesus. It's the same God. It's the same Savior. And here's the problem is that often our vision doesn't align with our mission. Our vision doesn't align with our mission. And here's what we got to pray. God, expand my vision. Lord, I pray, Jesus, Lord, that my vision would align with your mission. And what is his mission? His mission is to seek and to save that which is lost, whosoever will. Whoever comes through this door, that's my vision. Whoever I come in contact with, that's my vision. Any place on this earth that needs touched with the gospel, that is my vision. And here's the problem is our vision often lowers to the standards of my mind. That's why we got to pray, God, blow our mind. Take the lid off of our vision. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, it says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number. I'm just going to tell you right now, heaven's going to be big. There's going to be people there that we can't even number. Come on, isn't that exciting? What's that tell me? God's saving people. God's kingdom's growing. He said, of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, standing before the throne of God and the Lamb, clothed with white robes and with palm branches 
in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and of the Lamb. And here's what I want to tell you. If you're going to enjoy heaven, you're going to have to get used to different. All nations, all tribes, standing before the throne of God, singing praises, singing how great God is. That is what heaven is going to be like, and that should be our vision. We want as many can be here of any nation, any tribe, any race, any color. We want them here. Why? Because that's what heaven's going to look like. And I don't know about you, but we need a little bit of heaven on earth right now. We need to be excited about the kingdom of God. And if you're going to enjoy heaven, you've got to get used to different. You've got to get used to people who don't look like you sitting next to you. You've got to get used to different languages being spoken around you. And I'm praying right now, God, God give us a pipeline into the, the Spanish, the Hispanic community. God, give us a pipeline into some of these communities that are moving in. And here, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. I think God is intentionally making us uncomfortable because he's going to make us move. He's going to put us in situations where we've got to get used to difference. And we may be diverse in our personal identities, but we are the same in our future. And that is we are all going to be around the throne of heaven singing and glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we do that right now? Can we just practice that right now? How many loves Jesus today? How many is excited to be a part of the kingdom of God? Come on, the kingdom of God doesn't depend on elections. The kingdom of God doesn't depend on what people do. The kingdom of God is everlasting. It's unmovable and it's unshakable and I'm a part of it. Number two, we have to get used to different because different scares us. Different scares us. It's scary when you're in a foreign country and you look different than everybody else and everybody's speaking a different language and then they give you a microphone and you're supposed to preach to people. That's scary, isn't it? It's scary when we're forced to come in contact with different cultures, different ways of doing things. It's scary when we have to change up our presentation a little bit and we have to maybe talk to some people that we're not used to talking to and, and J Jonah had to get used to different, didn't he? God called him to Nineveh, and he went the complete opposite direction. And the reason he did that is because he had a problem with different. God, help us to get rid of the discrimination in our hearts. And I'm not just talking about race right now. I'm talking about the way we judge people based on what they do or their past. And we, we see it in the video we just watched. The disciples said, no, no, he can't be saved. He's a tax collector. And I wanna tell you, we need to get used to different. I'm gonna make a, a statement right now, and that is I do not like this trend going on right now with face tattoos but I'm gonna to have to get used to different. You know why? Because God's gonna save some of those people. Yeah. Tepid response, I know. And we're gonna get used to different. They're gonna have piercings in weird places. Get used to different. Yeah. 
They're going to have backgrounds that make us uncomfortable. And here's a news flash. Nobody is normal in 2022. Normal is gone. We've got to get used to different. You know why? Because God's going to use abnormal people to do abnormal things in this hour. And we've got to be a church that says, this is what you're looking for. Bishop used to preach a message years ago called, Why Be Normal? Life's too short to be normal. We've got we to step out of normal. Why? Because we don't live in normal times. And if you're here today, I said it last week, but if you're visiting, you've got to get used to different. Maybe some of you were scared to come today. Get used to different. Because God moves through different and different brings disruption. Different disrupts our life. What we planned, what we thought is disrupted by different. And Israel, they had to get used to different when they left Egypt and went to the promised land. They had to get used to following that uh, pillar of fire and a cloud by day. And they, they had to get used to Red Seas opening up. They had to get used to God supernaturally providing food for them. They had to get used to uh, water coming from a rock. And they had to get used to supernatural things. And here's what I want to tell us. God has a future for us as a church, but we've got to get used to different. We've got to open up our mind to the supernatural and step out in faith and say, God, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if it makes me uncomfortable, but God, we've got to see revival in this generation. We've got to see revival in our community. I wish I had a couple people that believe that. God, if you have to stir me up, if you have to get me around people that make me feel uncomfortable, if you have to do something disruptive in my life, God, do it. Come on, somebody say that. God, stir me up. Stir me up, up, oh God. Whenever God does something different, our first instinct is to resist. This is especially true when it comes to different people. We we see this with the disciples. After Jesus was crucified and buried, they're hiding They're not doing what they were called to do, which is to spread the gospel. And so God gives them a divine disruption on the day of Pentecost. And they're filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Somebody say, that's different. And so that divine disruption, God filled them with the Spirit, not so that they could stay in a room and keep praying, but they would go out in the street and they would preach the word of God with boldness. And so they go out and they preach the word of God with boldness, but they stay in Jerusalem. And so God has to give them another divine disruption, and that is one of their leaders, Stephen, is stoned. And there's persecution, and and they're pushed out of of Jerusalem, and they they go to Samaria. But here's the problem. They preach in Samaria, and they stay there. And so God has to give them another disruption. And he gives the apostle Peter a vision. And in this vision, he sees unclean animals uh, in a sheet. And and God says whatever uh, the voice came to him in in Acts chapter 10, verse 15, and said uh, a second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. 
This was uh, done three times and the object was taken up into heaven. And what Jesus is trying to show Peter is, Peter, there's a whole group of people that you haven't reached yet. And what I have called clean, don't you call unclean. And as soon as that vision was over, a man knocked on Peter's door. And he was a messenger for a man named Cornelius who was a Gentile. And he was inviting him to come preach to his house. And what we have to understand, this would have scared Peter to death. These are people you're not supposed to preach to. These are people you're not supposed to eat with. These are people you're not supposed to be seen with if you're a good Jew. But God is telling Peter, you've got to get used to different. He had to show him the same vision three times. Is anybody else hard-headed like that? Has God ever tried to get you to witness to somebody and three times God has to tell you, talk to them, preach to them, witness to them. How can they hear without a preacher? How can they come to church unless somebody invites them? Come on, we've got to tell them Jesus saves. We've got to tell them that there's a Savior. We've got to get used to different than Peter goes and he preaches to these people in Acts chapter 10, 44. While Peter was yet speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And uh, the next verse, verse 47 says that they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And Peter could have missed a whole revival if he would not have stepped out into different. And I want to tell you that, that God is opening doors. And we've seen that God has opened doors with Celebrate Recovery. God has opened doors in our prisons. God has opened doors in so many places, but it's taken people who will say, I will get used to different if that's what God wants to do for me to reach people. Who in your mind have you said, God will never save them? Another disruption that God brought the early churches, he saved the biggest persecutor and he became the most effective apostle. I just want to say this. Maybe we need to get used to different and maybe we need to get used to a little bit of persecution because maybe God is trying to push us into different. And here's what I'm believing. We're going to see some Gen Zers. We're going to see some millennials We're going to see people come into the kingdom of God who are the kingdom's biggest critics and they're going to become the most effective preachers. They're going to be anointed by God. They may not look like us. They may have tattoos in weird places and piercings in weird places, but God, bring us a revival. Whoever you have to use, whoever you have to use to get the message out, God. Is anybody with me today? We've got to get used to Jesus taking the lid off our expectations. And here's what I see from that story of Peter is that often we're trying to avoid what God is trying to get into. We're trying to stay away from the people that Jesus is wanting to connect with. We're trying to distance ourselves from the people that God wants to save. And, And the problem with Jesus was this, he hung out with the wrong people. 
He had tax collector small groups. He had prostitutes that would come and hear his teaching. He would have people on the lowest of lowest of totem poles. There's a, a story my wife tells of her grandmother, Sister Kilgore. And back in the 80s when the AIDS crisis was going on and, and people were scared of those people. There was a man named Patrick who had AIDS who would come to church at Life Tabernacle. And every time he showed up, she would make a big display and let everybody know she did not care that he was there. And she would run up and hug him and make him feel welcome. And I believe that God changed his life. Come on, it's going to take us getting used to different. And today I want to be clear. I'm not saying anything goes. Come back next week. We're going to talk about that. Part of being different, part of getting used to different is that we've got to change our life. I'm not saying anything goes. What I am saying is that anyone comes. Anything doesn't go, but anyone comes. You know why? Because you're here. God saved you. God saved me. Come on, how many's glad for an open door and open windows to heaven? How many's glad that somebody got used to different when they invited you to church? We've got to get used to different. I, I think of Jesus at the woman at the well. I don't think we realize how big of a deal that was. See, in his time, Jews didn't talk to Samaritans. Jewish men didn't talk to Samaritan women. Jewish people didn't ask Samaritan people for a drink because they were those unclean people. And a man sitting next to a woman at a well, well, that was just a little bit risky. But Jesus didn't care. You know why? He saw a keto revival. And he witnesses to this woman. And she goes back into Samaria. And she plants the seeds for the revival that happens in Acts. Because she said, come see and meet a man who told me all about myself. Come on, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Come on, we need some boldness like never before. We need to talk to people about Jesus. We need to talk to anybody about Jesus. We need to talk to the waitress about Jesus. We need to talk to the homeless person about Jesus. We need to talk to whosoever will about Jesus. Why? Because we believe that heaven and hell are real places. And I just want to say this. If you're a visitor here today, we're out to get you. We are out to get you. Why? Because if you just give this Jesus, if you just open up your heart to the Holy Spirit, it will change your life. It will turn your life around. It will give you the ultimate purpose that you've ever had in your life. If you just come, drink at this well. This leads me to my third point is that Jesus died for different Jesus died for different. And either we believe heaven and hell are real places or we don't. Jesus died for 
that person that freaks me out with face tattoos. Jesus died for the person with AIDS. Jesus died for the person with gender confusion. Jesus died for the people I disagree with politically. Jesus died for the people who are struggling in their mind. Jesus died for religious people who think they have it together. Jesus died for each and every one of us. And I believe that heaven and hell are real places. And I come on, that's got to stir us. There are people walking into eternity today. There are people here today that if things don't change, you're walking in eternity lost. And so that's why we don't apologize. And we tell you, get used to different. Because this Jesus we have is different. And he said... The Son of Man came, Luke chapter 19, to seek and to save. What does it mean to seek and to save? That means you're on a mission to find that lost sheep. Is anybody brave enough to admit you've lost your child somewhere, sometime? Even if it's just like a minute. That's happened to me a couple times. And I want to tell you, when that happens, I don't care who's in front of me. I don't care what your name is. You get out of the way and either you help me find my son or get on board. Come on, and that's how we have to be with lost people. Either you get on board and you be a part of the solution or get out of the way. Why? Because that's what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God, this service wasn't for saved people today. It wasn't for you to quote unquote get fed. It's for you to get a part of the mission. And it's for the lost person that's here today who needs to hear that there's a God named Jesus who loves lost sinners and lost people. And that's what we are about. That's who we're for. To all those here today that your biggest fear about coming here today wasn't Jesus but was his followers, I apologize. Because I've been one of those people before. But here's what I want to tell you. Don't judge Jesus on his followers. Including me. Don't judge him on his church, he loves you. He's for you. God is for you. God is for the person with gender confusion. God is for the person with AIDS. God is for the drug addict. God is in heaven just waiting on you to respond as our musicians come. But to win the lost, We've got to be different. We've got to be different. What's that mean? We've got to love different. We've got to love differently. We've got to respond differently. We've got to pray differently. Come on, I, I'm the biggest offender. I, 
my prayer list is all about me. When's the last time we prayed for a lost person? How many lost people are on your prayer list? How much of your prayer list has to do with sinners? When's the last time you cried out to God for the prodigal, for the lost sheep, for the person that you think is the most unlikely at your workplace to ever listen? We've got to get back to soul winning. We've got to get back the good old-fashioned talking to people about Jesus. How can they hear without a preacher? I want to tell you, this nation is not going to be changed by a red wave. It's going to be changed by a, a wave of the Holy Spirit. And if we're waiting on Washington, you're going to be waiting a long time. Come on. I wonder if God's not just letting us be uncomfortable because he's trying to show us. Church, it's your move. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to see the greatest revival America's ever seen in my lifetime. I want to see drug addicts in this altar. Come on, we can stand to our feet. I want to see people far from God find their place in the kingdom of God, using their gifts, changing other people. I want to see revival in our high schools. I want to see revival everywhere we turn. I want to see outbreaks of the Spirit of God. But it's going to take us saying, God, Use me differently. Help me get used to different. If you're here today and you don't know who Jesus is, I want to tell you, there's a God named Jesus who came down and he died for you, to redeem you, to purchase you. And the first step is we repent. We give our life to him. I wonder if all over this place we could do that right now. God, I pray, Lord, change my life.